everybody. I'm Marianne Katsidis, and this is the Heart-Led Changemaker podcast. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where it felt so juicy and inspired that it left you feeling energized and ready to take on the world? There have been countless times I wished I could have recorded conversations like that because it felt criminal that no one else got to hear or experience that feeling. Those conversations ignite something inside of you because you visualize a new way to connect with others and sometimes even a new world. This show will provide you with ways to stay focused on the future, some food for thought, new ideas and concepts, a way to create abundance ethically, a showcase of those already doing the work and succeeding, and a sense of connection. Being a change maker can be very lonely, so this will serve as a community for heart-led warriors. Sit back and let this high-vibe, heartfelt conversation light you up. Today's guest is Ryan Rollins. He is a heart-led community leader flying the flag for brotherhood in Perth, Western Australia. He plays an integral role in bringing the Sacred Sons Global Brotherhood to Australia, standing strong as the bridge between the Northern and Southern Hemispheres. With a wealth of wisdom in physical and mental resilience and recent years exploring the spiritual realms, he brings a potent and grounded presence to this world. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to Heartland Changemakers. Hey, Marianne. So good to see you. Thank you so much for the invitation to come and jump on the show. And uh, I'm just, yeah, really looking forward to the depths in which we dive into and to have a, a beautiful conversation with you and share some wisdom for the community. Me too, me too. I think out of all the guests I've had the opportunity to interview, and there's been some amazing guests, actually all of them are amazing in their own way, but this this one is one that I've anticipated the most. It has literally consumed my thoughts, so no doubt this will be an insightful and impactful show. Um, I guess where I wanted to start was um, just as, as a bit of a reflection maybe to begin with, because I was thinking over the last decade, it's become noticeable that there's a real male versus female dynamic at play and women have been conditioned to be strong in the masculine and not in the feminine and they've been led away from their divinity and from what real union with the masculine is. And after the Time's Up and Me Too movements, it just pushed even more anger up to the surface and women stepped even further into the masculine. And as a female, it doesn't really feel good to operate like that and to interact with men in that way and in that energy. And I feel like both men and women, for both men and women, there are a lot of negative associations with strength and protection and structure. Would you agree that as a society, we've become fragmented? A hundred percent. The balance is way, way, way off. Um, I think you can, without going too political, you can just look at the gender movement, right? Like we won't go too much into that. This is more about the, the, the masculine and feminine within and in the community. But you can see that there's always something in the forefront of the community, which is used to to take us off balance. And for me, my reflections uh, on the previous decades, it was was women's rights. I I feel it was such an important topic to spend a lot of time, a lot of love, a lot of education exploring that. But the balance just way sort of 
overcompensated. And that's where we are today is we're imbalanced as a community. Women have almost been pushed by, by society, by the powers that be into this space of thinking that they need to be masculine, uh, uh, overpoweringly masculine in order to get uh, a healthy um, balance in life from work, from the home life, from success, from all of those types of things, from happiness even. And what we're finding now in the work that I'm doing, and I, and I can't wait to explore some of these topics, is we're bringing that balance back, but we have to start within. Um, because for many, many decades and even longer, for centuries, men have been imbalanced as well, which is why the women needed to try and take back some of that balance. But it's just gone too far. Um, I'm really excited to see what comes in the near future with the work that we're doing and unraveling today, because I find we're we're rebalancing. It's a slow and steady journey, but we're rebalancing as a community. And I and I just can't wait to see what's next. Me too. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, especially because you are Australian as well. I mean, I just there's so many reasons why this is so important. But maybe let's start with how did you get to working in this space and leading men? Why this mission? Just, you know, well, like how, how did that come about? Because it's not what you are fulfilling and and that mission, it's not a it's not an easy one, that's for sure, creating that movement in a country that where it doesn't exist. And that's the truth. It doesn't exist here until now with you. So what how how did you get to that point? What happened? There's something you just mentioned then is like it it didn't exist in this country. I just want to touch base on that first before we go any further. Um men's work has been alive in Australia. Um, for quite some years, but it's been it's been quite quiet. It's not been at the forefront of, say, social media or even in conversations amongst men in the community. It has been there, but it's almost been like underground. It's been really like quiet and gentle. And with the work that I'm doing now with Sacred Sons, is it, it's it's right there. It's in your face. You can't hide away from it. And that's what we're seeing at the moment. So I just do want to preface on that because there's some amazing men in the community that have been grafting and, and chipping away for many, many years. And some of these are my closest allies. But this is this is the awakening. This is where it's becoming normal practice for guys to connect with a solid group of men. So yeah, let's go back into how I got here. So, you know, I I started my journey on personal development, I guess, back in 2009, when I joined the army, I thought that was the life I wanted to live was to be to be the soldier, to be that warrior, you know, with with the loaded gun and go out there and fight for what I thought peace was. Two years into that, I had a bit of an epiphany when my um, my papers to go into the SAS got denied because I was too educated. They actually wanted me to go into officer training and become an officer and go up the ranks in that type of um, manner. And I just thought, no, nah, I'm not doing that. So I withdrew. I went traveling and... I really found a lot of magic in the isolation of being in my own thoughts, in my own heart of like, what do I want to be remembered as? And I didn't know right then, but it was to be right here, right now with someone like you talking about this type of work. I didn't know back in 2011 when I discharged, but it was 2018 when I had a huge, huge shift in my life. I'd already sort of started reading books on on how to be a quote unquote better man. But it wasn't until a, a breakup with the woman who I'd actually planned on marrying in 2018. She, I won't go too deep into it, but she 
he couldn't accept the man I was becoming. She she could accept the man I was, which was, you know, a provider. It was a man who would come home every night and and be the, the safety blanket for the family, her and her and her daughter from a previous relationship. But when I spoke true what was on my heart of like what I want to be remembered as in this world, and it was it was a man of impact. It was a man who was out there to support the community, um, to to tread into unknown waters and to put a lot of my security at risk to be of more impact because i feel if we can't take risks as a leader we're never going to have the impact that we're meant to have because we'll we'll only be playing it small we'll be playing it safe so you know i, I opened up my heart and i spoke all this stuff to her and, and she couldn't accept it and she literally sat there and said you are crazy get away from me and i was like whoa geez what just happened so what actually transpired after that breakup was six months of, of depression and anxiety and i had no idea what that was i'd heard it i'd heard the terms thrown around quite loosely but i never knew what a panic attack was i never knew what um chronic depression was i never knew what it was like to not be able to sleep for for days and weeks on end because my mind was just hyperactive like what did I do wrong? How do I get better? Is there something wrong with me? Um, did I, you know, did I hurt this person and, and all these types of things? And what was actually beautiful looking back on it was being in that pressure cooker of anxiety and depression for an extended period of time. I was able to be in a space where I got comfortable with being uncomfortable. And what that led me to do was to explore other ways of dealing with this anxiety and depression other than what was available to me with the knowledge I already had, which was drinking, it was drugs, it was going out partying, it was all of those quote-unquote toxic coping mechanisms of suppressing that anxiety and that depression and ultimately just putting a Band-Aid over the whole thing and pretending like it's normal or it's just going to go away one day. And the saviour for me was breathwork. I was um, walking on the treadmill in the gym and I just didn't feel good and, and I'd I just started to like have those thoughts come into my mind of like, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something better. And literally with the power of Google and social media, I, I just typed in ways to cope with anxiety and all these Google things popped up of like, sign up to this course and do this and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, no, nah, I'm just going to go on YouTube and I'm just going to post uh, punch it in there and I came across a guy called Steve Maxwell who basically took me on a journey of breathwork not not like trauma release breathwork it was more breath awareness and honestly that's where it all began was was with the breath and that's the only thing in the world that no one can ever take away from you is your breath you know it's the first thing you do when you're born it's the last thing you do before you pass into the other world and and it's always attainable and, and accessible at any given time in any given day. So breath awareness really saved my life. And, um, you know, that then was the spiral effect that then led me into seeking some healthy masculine um, teachings. Um, I came across a book called The Way of the Superior Man by David Dieter. And that was a game changer for me because the the breath had helped me come to a calm state of mind where I wasn't just panicking all the time. I was able to create space within my body, within my mind, within my soul, so that then I could start to absorb new material. Because if the if the body and the mind and the soul's too busy, you're not going to be able to absorb new material. So reading that book 
that was what really led me into men's work because it started to teach me what's inside of me. And I'd love to go deeper onto this topic of the masculine and the feminine within. Because yes, I am a biological male, but I'm also comprised of feminine energy and feminine attributes at any given time in any given day. But it's all about what kind of balance have you got within, because then that externalizes your behavior and ultimately creates your environment. So, yeah, that book saved my life. And, you know, I, I could chat for hours and days on what was next and what was next and what was next. But but for, for any watchers, any viewers out there that, that are kind of looking at starting this journey into understanding the masculine and feminine within in order to create that balance that I feel we're all seeking. The Way of the Superior Man is fantastic. And it's a great read for women too, because they can then get to understand the aspect of the masculine and feminine within too. So yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty much what led me here today. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the, I've only got one other guest that does this to me. And when he speaks, I feel like I've got question after question after question banked up in my head that... There's, I've got, and you're doing that to me as well. There's just so many things that I'd like to say in response to what you've just said. So the first one is it shows the kind of man that you are in the way that you are, you are humble. You know, you were talking, you know, I just assume that there was no other work really being done. I know that there's, um, there's some stuff for veterans and there's like the men's shed. That's really the only kind of brotherhood and men's groups that I know, and you're right, they are underground, but this this movement and, and how I was, you know, what I was saying about you, the fact that you are so humble in that way, it, it really showcases and signifies what, you know, who you are and it just reaffirms why I wanted to talk to you. So we'll just, we'll just bench that over there. That, I mean, that awesome. just first and foremost, even if we ended the conversation just now, that that just captures you, you know. The other thing I wanted to reflect on and, and talk about is I think when you are committed to fulfilling a purpose and being of service and you were in the army, so it kind of that that feels like that was naturally instilled in you to be of service to others, it makes sense that you're going to disrupt your own life and you are going to probably disrupt the people around you. And I feel mm. like um, it's not an easy task. I think sometimes there are entrepreneurs, business entrepreneurs, and there are people who are wanting to change this world. And and part of the reason that uh, I created this podcast is I, I want people to better understand that it's not it's not so easy. It means blowing your whole life up because you feel a calling in your core that you have to do this doesn't make sense to anyone else, but your heart and your soul craves this expression. It craves this connection. It craves this fulfillment and you can't really explain it. It's just a, a have to. And when you are in union with someone else, sometimes it can be disruptive to the point where you know, you have to separate because you're either um, journeying and growing at the same level and at the same speed and both parties are committed and willing to do that or there is a, a total imbalance, the scales flip. And I think 
as a society and as and what we're seeing in our in the world and in our communities, there are lots of separation and divorce. And I feel like that is still bubbling. There is still that is still rising. And I think that's because a lot of people joined together at a time where everyone was just in their comfort zone. Everyone was in their little bubbles. Let's just, you know, get get married and have the kids and work a nine to five and just cruise along and have the mortgage and have all the superficial things. But our world has transformed and it and it brought us to a place now where we're craving more. We're craving a fulfillment and a contentment. And if both parties aren't committed, they will separate. So it, even just that on its own, without forget the you know the big mission, that on its own is very disruptive, and it, it is um, it is gut wrenching. So of course you are experiencing anxiety and depression because you felt alone. You felt isolated you felt like your whole world it's a death of your old life so that you can step into the new one and it is you know not a coincidence that you found some tools and resources to pull you further into that space and starting with the breath and giving yourself that peace is is you know is a blessing and I and I I, I really love that you challenge yourself to find some tools and resources and and sometimes that's the key it's just keeping things basic I don't I used to be of the philosophy that you used to have to dredge up and dig up all of the experiences that you've had and I I think I spent way too long in that space to be honest in reflection I think I spent way too much time in the repetitive healing you know, excavate, excavate, excavate. But I think it you come to a point where you just need to surrender and accept what is and actually start to build the life and the, the, the real truth of what you want and what your soul is asking. And I, I feel like you, the way that you've described your journey, that's, that's what you chose to do. That was a decision that you, you got to make. And, it, and again, it's not an easy decision. It would, would have been terrifying was it? Yeah, it sure was. It was it was tough, you know, to to make a decision to move away from from someone you saw spending the rest of your life with. Um, you know, I, I had a, a engagement ring in my in my wardrobe ready to give to her. Probably about a week after we had that conversation, that was like the planned date. But like it it was tough. But I feel my journey's always been tough. I've been I've been the black sheep of the family ever since I was a little kid. I've always been judged by my peers for being different. Um, I've been targeted by by certain people when I've been out in social environments because I was I was the guy that stood out. You know, I was the big the big guy. I was I was always a target. Wherever I went, there was a target on my back. Whether it was judgment verbally or it was like physical, um, you know, challenges and whatnot. But I pride myself on that because I've never chosen. Okay. Not that I've never chosen, but I I tend to always favor the, the the challenging path because I know that's where growth exists. You know, a beautiful mentor of mine really really showed me that understanding that growth and comfort can't coexist. They they do not occupy the same space from a universal and physical energetic perspective. They cannot coexist. So one always has a choice to choose comfort or choose growth. But in comfort, you're going to find complacency. And in growth, you're going to find challenge and adversity. But which one's going to give you a better result at the end of the day? 
And a hundred percent of the time, it's it's the growth, it's the challenge, because you're always going to be sharpening your your sword. You're always going to be learning new information and shedding information that doesn't serve you, or 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 beliefs that don't serve you anymore. And you're always going to be leveling up. You're going to be becoming more stronger, faster, more resilient, more loving, more open, more caring. And for me, I'll I'll always choose choose the challenging path and that's what's led us here today for, for this conversation because I could have just chipped away really slowly and just built my own little thing here in Perth that was really small and beautiful and comfortable but you know I basically tapped into my life savings and went and spent eight and a half weeks in the United States with Sacred Sons and now now I've been blessed with the opportunity to bring their work down under and like had I chosen the comfortable path, this wouldn't happen. And I wouldn't be able to step into a new layer of leadership, both inside myself and inside the community that I'm serving and, and ultimately be a vessel for some deep, deep change and healing that this community has been screaming for, for quite some time. So yeah, if, if, if the viewers out there are kind of thinking like, oh yeah, but life's good. It's like, yeah, that's great. But don't get stuck in that space because that will eat you up and it will eat away at your mission. It will keep you small. And I think we can all attest to, to the society that we live in. There are so many things out there that are trying to keep us small and keep us in this little box of comfort and conformity and, and complicit behavior so that those that actually choose growth can get the upper hand on us and, and ultimately carve our destiny for us into where they want us to be. But we're not here for that. We're here to be the biggest, best, most beautiful versions of ourselves. And we must choose the hard path in order to get there. Because, you know, I I'm not an overly religious man, but I do believe in God as an all-encompassing energy throughout the universe. And, and God, the universe, whatever you choose to, to attach to that type of energy, will always, always reciprocate those who choose challenge and growth you'll always be rewarded and looked after so yeah stay in that frequency and life will just get better and better and better and better i love that so much and and i, I want to ask you as a man is it especially important to be in that uncomfortable space like as an embodiment that is there an important is that an important practice as a man or do you think just generally it's that's a that's a good you know a practice for men and women because I, I from from what i can tell that seems a little bit more important for men to be able to feel that ability to walk through the fire if you will yeah definitely and look that's a great question because that question once again comes back to that balance that balance of the masculine and feminine within and and women have masculine within as well but it's all about the balance and the proportion so my teachings and my understandings and my experiences have led me to believe that Biological men are created to be two-thirds masculine, one-third feminine. And then on the other side, biological women are created to be two-thirds feminine, one-third masculine. So that means that we all go through similar experiences in life and we're all here to choose similar challenges and whatnot. But like, how much are you in that space and how balanced are you? So like, I think we can all attest to men typically are on this earth to be 
providers, to be protectors, to be leaders in more of a forward leadership way. Um, women are still leaders too, but more of a of a yeah a forward leadership uh, movement of kind of like going out to find new pastures and find new land and and risk their their physical life to do that for the tribe so that then the women and children can follow to these these more luck and greener pastures in order to then survive and thrive at a higher standard. Women lead in a different way of the motherly nurturing aspect. They lead a child into their adulthood and then pass them to the men when they are no longer a, an infant type thing. So we all lead in different ways, but it's like the, the typical, more traditional methods which I feel we're, you know, in, in a big picture, we are here to be those more traditional, um, natural. I, I use the word natural as like the natural order of living, not some, you know, fabricated idea that was written in a book or, or told to you by someone who is a, a hierarchical figure in your life. I feel the natural order when you can zoom out and look at the bigger picture of how a, how a biological male is even created, right? They're created as a, as a taller, bigger stronger vessel from a physical perspective and they can't birth children they can't procreate but they can penetrate and contribute to life but a woman is built to be more supple more soft you know even the physiology of a woman to be more gentle and less um threatening so they feel more comfortable they feel more motherly more nurturing more maternal and that's what they do they create life they nurture life and then they pass it to the man in order for the man to strengthen that child so that that child can, can become stronger as a leader and all those types of things. So, you know, that's kind of the way I feel a, a typical embodied man's role is in this world is to more often than not choose discomfort and challenge, but don't get stuck and consumed by it. Still come back to love, still come back to the heart, still come back to that feminine within so that then you can balance your behaviors, you can balance your actions, and ultimately create a more balanced result. Because what we need in this world is more balance. And, and to the women, I, I implore you to choose challenge from time to time, but don't put it over your natural instincts of nurturing, caring, loving, creating, playing, dancing, all of those beautiful feminine traits that you embody as, as a traditional woman. You know, and I, and I use terms like that quite openly. Like there's this huge gender thing going on. I don't want to go too much into that, but I believe more in the natural order of life. So I'm going to speak from my experiences and from what spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, has has shown me and gifted me with. I'm not going to get too involved in what some people of a certain group or, or political agenda are trying to do in the world. But I see past that because I have the ability to zoom out bigger picture natural order of living, what is most beneficial to the wider community as a whole, not a small minority, you know, the wider community as a whole, whilst also giving some space and time to hear that person, but not um, that person or group, but not allow those beliefs and those topics to encroach upon my beliefs and my topics. It's like, yes, I see you, I hear you, but hey, this is my belief, my topic, my ethos, and, and I feel they're governed and given to me by something greater than myself, not like a small group or, or political agenda. So, yeah, 
that's um in a nutshell that's that's what <laughs> i feel um we're here to do as men and women and in order to do that like we do need to spend a lot of time going inwards but the more we go inwards and and understand that balance and create that embodiment then we get to work better as a team. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to when a larger percentage of men and women have really embodied who they are. And then we go, righto, I've worked enough on myself. It's time to work together because that's yes. where the real magic's going to happen. And, and I think that's, it's still a few years away as a, as a, a larger percentage to actually see it and, and, and for it not to be kind of like in smaller group situations, for it to actually be at the forefront of community. But we're definitely getting there. I feel we're definitely getting there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's especially challenging because there are so many agendas in, in a number of different ways that are pulling us away from old school values when actually coming back to that fundamentally is the key I think we, you and I are both definitely both on the same page with that side of things. I think with all the all the sides of things, but especially that because there is, um, I think because of the the way things are fractured and 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 so much of the conversation is away from those old school values, and and in a lot of aspects, it feels like those old school values should be shamed. That there's a shame. That there's um. It, it feels like you know you don't you don't even have a choice to to be able to operate in that way now and I, I feel like that is a very significant challenge we are still working through I think um you're right working together there 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 are components of that definitely starting to to build there's some momentum there and I look I look forward to seeing much more of that that feels very underground still. I feel like there is men working on themselves if that feels less, but there feels like a lot of women working on themselves and the the work of men is starting to build. That's what it feels like as a as a female. But I think the focus and the key, and I, I, I would like your opinion on this, is to come back to those old school values. And when you are being pulled left and right, what is your perspective on that? And how, how does a both men and women in our audience, how do they anchor into that to stay on track? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question because um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm always comfortable with being uncomfortable and, and I, I'm happy to talk about any topic that there is possible to talk about and, and just give my perception. It's not to say it's right or wrong, but what I've really, I feel, spent a lot of time on is is really trying to be as as openly minded as possible, and and to really remove as much judgment from my decisions and my conversations as I can. Like I'm a human, I'm I'm also influenced by my environment and my surroundings and the spaces I spend time in more than other spaces. So there's there's always going to be an, an element of bias, but I also try as much to speak from the heart rather than from the mind. I find we're in a very with this topic in in particular with, you know, with the gender stuff going on with with the movement of you know, all of the the non-binary genders and all that type of stuff and, and the war on traditional values because there is a war um, in society on that. You know, and, and I use the term loosely, but I think when you when you speak in that way, it just makes it real. Like there is a war, right? It's a verbal war. It's not like it's not like me as a traditional man has has non-binary people out the front of my property screaming at me, going, Oh, you can't be traditional. You must you must um comply. It's it's not that. It's not a physical war. It's like a 
It's a verbal and energetic war. Um, and, and it's all there for a reason, because in, in my opinion, from, from what I've looked at and observed in the community, both politically, um, socially and, and all sorts, I feel like as the as the feminist movement started to just die off a little bit and, and women were getting more, quote unquote, equality in the workplace, in community, yada, 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 something else had to be birthed from the agenda. So what came next? It's not not that hard to see what came next after like the Me Too type stuff died off and, and women really did start to gain momentum in workplaces and, and all that type of stuff. It was the it was the trans, the the you know, gay and lesbian LG. I can't even it's not so much in my mind. I can't even quote what the acronym is um, because I don't buy into it. I don't believe that I don't believe it should be given the time and energy and space that it's given at the moment because it's overpowering. Like yes, I understand there is a minority of people who have genuine mental health situations where they are not sure of like what's happening inside of them biologically. And there are some that even biologically have had some things from birth that just don't fit the traditional model of a biological male and a biological woman. I'm not denying that whatsoever. What I'm not comfortable with and I don't support is how much time, energy, and even money is spent on pushing this agenda in schools, um, in businesses, in the community as a whole. Because what you're doing there, if I can zoom out and take my perception and my feelings out of it and I can purely base myself on observation is the agenda is trying to push a narrative with force and with some type of negative momentum because no one in this world no matter whether it's religion it's whatever sport team you support whatever gender you conform and don't conform to no one in this world in their right mind has the has the right to push their view on anyone no matter who you are no matter where you're from, no one has the right to push their expectation and agenda on any individual. Everyone has their own free will. And what I implore people to do who, no matter where you sit on the fence of, of this particular topic around gender, is come back here, come back into your heart, take a few deep breaths and just think, what does this mean to me? How much time do I want to give it? How much focus do I want to give it? And how susceptible am I to the influence of others? Because I feel when something is right there in front of your face, the influence increases. Therefore, you are more susceptible to the influence of others. And that's what we're seeing at the moment. People who have no idea about this topic are going, it has to be this. It has to be that. You can't do this because you can't do that. And I said this, so you have to do what I say and you have to accept my view on this and my opinion. It's like, hey, with all due respect, like I see you, you know, I appreciate you, but I don't have to accept anything than what's on my heart. And that is what is important in today's day and age. And this isn't going to go away anytime soon. Like I feel this is because of the penetrative effect of this particular topic on the future generations i feel we just have so much more to do in this space and we need to protect the vulnerable and allow people to form their own opinions without the oppression of the agenda you know without having things forcefully put in front of them especially children when they're in that zero to seven age where they're absorbing everything um i don't know how many people out there know how a brain of a child develops but in the first seven near on eight years a child is predominantly in theta brainwave 
which is the imagination state. It's when the brain is just absorbing everything in its environment. So if you're saying to a child in that space of zero to seven as an adult, as, as sorry, as a parent, as a teacher or as a carer or whatever, as a, as a role model, if you're telling a child, eat McDonald's and you can change your gender, you know, if you're six years old, um, it's okay, you know, to not know what you are or who you are. If you want to be a cat, if you want to be a dog, you can identify as whatever you want. If you're telling a child in those susceptible years of zero to seven or eight years old, that's going to form their belief system and they're going to believe that that's normal. And I'm sorry, but it is not normal to just be told that you can think you're whatever you want to be. If you are a man in a biological man's body, minus a very small minority that do have some underlying biological issues, it's just not. It's not on. And to force that upon children in schooling and whatnot is just, ah, oh, it like it really, really hits my heart because children deserve the most, the most neutral upbringing so that then they get to be in a non-biased non-oppressed state possible so that then they can be their own person not have all these ideas of people thrown onto them and yeah it just honestly like i'm very calm and collected but that topic like really starts to bubble up frustration in me because it's not fair a child deserves the most loving and neutral way of 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 becoming a, a young person that that's possible and that needs to have so much love in there and, and good healthy choices um and i just find they're they're not getting those choices they deserve which which is um we need to do better as a community to be honest we need to really call this behavior forward there's so much things happening out there that we're not even aware of um i'm a little more aware because i I do open myself up to a lot of non-traditional material and media. I don't watch <laughs> mainstream media and stuff. I, I like to look at what's really happening out there in the community, and and it's it's pretty um pretty disappointing to be to be fair, um especially from from this space on on this topic. So, for, sure, for sure, yeah. I mean, there's nothing for you on mainstream media. If anyone happens to be listening to this podcast who still watches the news and mainstream media switch it off there there is literally nothing for you there at all and um i think uh one of the things that i find comfort in and and probably one of the things that i find really intriguing about men coming together and that brotherhood and men talking to other men that sort of um momentum and movement as a female it feels like a safety it feels like there is a protection because you know what the what the world is like and you know the a million agendas and the other ones we don't know it, it feels comforting as a female to know there is um a growth in the way men are standing up with each other in that way with that mindset it is First of all, it is sexy as hell as a fe as a divine feminine. I, I'm sure I can speak for all of us and say definitely there is nothing more appealing than that. But it feels comforting if you can you can feel a a safety in there's a there's a part of me that whenever I I see um you you know your Instagram posts and sacred sons and just seeing the videos of men being together, it feels. I can't really explain it. It just feels safe. It's like everything's going to be okay. It's not, you know, forget the illusions of what you're seeing 
continuously thrown in your face, there is, it isn't going, they're going to, you know, men in that way are going to rise up and together as a community, men and women, we will, we will transform and change what is happening. And uh, I, I'm, it's probably the one thing that keeps me going. Cause like you, I feel completely, totally frustrated by many things, but that one in particular with kids, especially, I don't have kids, but I've got nephews and nieces and, you know, even just kids in general, just knowing that, uh, that, that is their experience. They're, they're being tainted. Their, their, um, their uh, innocence is being taken way, way earlier than it should be. I mean, we know that there's, um, uh, books and all sorts of things that are in the libraries and that shouldn't be there about how to, you know, masturbate and do all sorts of different things. I mean, that's insanity to me. You know, that when I think about, I'm, I'm 47, when I think about what I was like when I was a kid, you know, I used to play with, you know, all sorts of different things that are just so innocent compared to what is available to kids now. And, and, that, and the mindset shift and the conversations are so completely changed that I think like I said that 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 movement of men coming together and I know there's a lot of homeschooling happening too now that that is that that's becoming more and more common because parents are wanting to protect their children in that same way and it's the same energy the work that I'm doing the work that you're doing when you're coming together um, in those groups with men with parents coming together and homeschooling it's the same energy it's all coming from the same place and that want to to come back to basics to come back to that truth to come back to that stability without basically all of the shenanigans that are, are distracting and chaos creating and uh, and again is causing that imbalance of the masculine and feminine within all of us and I guess my next question to you is do you feel and do you agree that when you heal the masculine in yourself, whether you're male or female, that that leads that ultimately leads to more harmony with those around you? So that, you know, whether that's a, a father figure or an authority figure or even, uh, you know, partners, other men, do you, do you feel like when you are focused on healing that aspect, the same way when you heal the feminine aspect of you, that it creates further harmony? Have you noticed that in the work that you're doing? Well, 100%. Like, it's it's a given. In in order to create more of more external balance or, or anything, even if it's like, even if it's like some not so desirable traits, like you still have to go in to get that external reflection and result of whatever that is you're calling in. But there's a very important part for men and women when they heal the masculine within, which is quite often from the work and the experience that I've been in is uh, tied in with the male role model in your life. Um, Cause because for a lot of the internal work, it's a lot to do with the inner child. So I go back again to the zero to seven or zero to eight. Um, a lot of kids are subject to unhealthy parenting and, and, environments and behaviors not all you know but there is generally an aspect of, of unhealthy um behavior in in those early years and that then imprints on us and creates this belief system this trauma um in our body which then gets expressed when we're adults or, or younger younger adults or even younger children so like we do need to come inwards and and really seek what's not quite right in our system 
um, internally in the nervous system, in, in the memory imprints within the, within the body. And when we start to work on that and we start to heal that, it then creates that external product of more balance in those particular aspects. So when a man or a woman, you know, goes inwards and starts to work on the masculine within surrounding generally around the father figure or, or the, you know, the stereotypical um, carer and provider in your life. Some, for some, it was the mother. There was never a father around. So, you know, the mother had to be the father and the mother at the same time. So, you know, that then creates a whole nother paradigm and a whole nother situation because for one person to be a father and a mother, it's a very, very big ask and a very very big job which is why i'm a very big fan of the the traditional two-parent approach of a mother and a father because traditionally they fulfill roles that are not the same as one another they fulfill complementary roles you'd have the protector the provider the the mentor the the sort of the guide and then you have the nurturer the carer the lover the creator and then when those two come together in harmony in unison that child then gets this beautiful balanced almost blueprint bestowed upon them so that then they get to go and then reciprocate that into their relationships and their environment and ultimately their union if they if they so choose in in their future so without doing a lot of that inner work we're out there trying to like clutch at straws trying to grab things external healing remedies um there's so much available quote unquote, healing modalities, but the only healing you're going to do is within. You are your greatest healer. And for those out there, if you ever stumble across someone, if you're ever in a position and someone goes, hey, hey, you know, I can heal you. I can help you heal. It's like, just proceed with a bit of caution. I'm not saying that that person's bad or they can't provide you some sort of healing, but they are not your healer. If someone ever says like, I can heal you, like, you need to turn away and just and go to someone who's like, hey, I want to help you. And and by doing that, we need to go in. We need to go inwards. But I can stand by your side and I can help guide you, not teach you, tell you, show you like what to do, what not to do. It's like if there's someone out there in your environment that's like, I can help guide you to your own healing, that's what you want to hear. And and more often than not, that person could be a good idea to work with. But yeah, you have to go inwards. And and a beautiful mentor of mine, a man who I can just never express more gratitude and love to, Tim Morrison, um, who who now resides over on the East Coast. He he was my my first ever men's work mentor and and he taught me so much, still does to this day with the brotherhood that we have. And um a beautiful thing that he taught so many of his apprentices and and people that came through his courses was every new level has a new devil. So no matter how far inwards you go and you and you you sort of transmute and heal and and recover from a particular trauma a particular level there's always another one and then you get to that one you sort of complete that level there's always another one it's almost like a never ending video game that there's no end to or you could even look at it as like fast and the furious there's never an end to that <laughs> series there's always another fast and the furious you know um so like yeah it's it's important to go inwards but but also it's important i want to put it out there that like it can be fun too like the internal sort of healing and uncovering traumas and stuff doesn't have to be like horrible and dark and and scary and traumatic yes parts of it can be based on what 
you've been subject to in the past, but at the same time, it can be so beautiful. And that's the balance of the feminine and masculine within because the masculine tends to go for the tough approach, the grind and just go deep and and just really keep going, keep going. And this sucks. And I, I don't want to do this, but don't forget to bring the feminine into, allow that feminine within to, to complement that part of the masculine journey. And that I find is what really helps like bind it all together because there's some great men's work out there, which is very like purpose-driven, very masculine, very like penetrative, but a lot of it lacks the little portion of feminine in there as well. So where you can play and you can joke and you can laugh, like when the time is right, I'm not saying like when stuff sucks, and you need to get something done that you just switch off and go, oh, it's all going to be okay and just surrender and be in that feminine energy. No, at times you have to be in the thick of it, but you also need to come up for air. You also need to have a break for like the nervous system even to like take a break to allow it to just, you know, decompress, maybe go outside and, you know, take some time to yourself and just be with nature, be in that really gentle feminine space. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go to a kikai ceremony and, and, you know, drop deep into really like ethereal practices and, and prayer and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to do that kind of stuff. You can, if you wish, but you do need to honor that feminine within throughout the journey of masculine embodiment. And that's what I really, really love about the work that I'm doing with Sacred Sons is we go so, so deep. And you can just look online at some of the content on Instagram and Facebook, and it is very raw, deep, primal stuff. But in every aspect of that, there's beautiful feminine practices too. We sing, we dance, we play, um, you know, we hug, we cry. But the two thirds of it is the deeper primal masculine work, but there's always a balance of the feminine too. And that's why it's so successful and it's so potent. And it is the game changer in brotherhood globally um, is because it's so well balanced. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Do you think that as a society we're too much, when you look at the world, do you think the world is too in the feminine? Do you think we're too emotional? Um, no, I, if if I had to like zoom out as an observation globally, I would say we're too deep into the toxic masculine. And I don't really like to use that word too much, but let's let's use the word unhealthy, unbalanced, because I think like the whole toxic masculinity thing's got a bit of a, a gender-based edge to it. So I feel as a as a as a whole, the the globe is too deep in an unhealthy masculine. So they're too deep in that energy of penetration for ways of force, of getting something from someone or no, taking something from someone, getting the upper hand on someone whilst that person burns and suffers. Comparison, oh, I'm better than you or if I'm not better than you, I'm going to like try and bring you down a level to like be lower than me. I'm going to go and take this and you're going to go without instead of like there's enough for everyone. I can have and you can have too. I feel we're in that too much of that energy. And and I don't think, to be honest with you, like this isn't coming from me. This is coming from a pure observation. Um, it's almost like spirit is like 
giving me this download. It's just like, this. look at the world. Look at the place we're in. And it's not to say that there's not like large communities that are more in a healthy perspective. I find a lot, a lot of what I've stumbled across on like tribal communities and more indigenous communities are way, way, way more balanced. You know, they have these beautiful community structures. They have these beautiful elements of play and, and joy, even though from, from a Western perspective, they've got nothing. But hey, in having nothing, you realize what you have. So of course. they realize that, yeah, they have everything they need. They don't need all the extras that we get today. And they they know how to play to their strength. Every, and so then everyone feels good, right? Because yeah. the, the men are playing to their strengths. The women are playing to theirs. And together they're in harmony because there's there's a an intrinsic feeling of worthiness within. And I hope that our world eventually comes back to that because I think there's a lot to learn from Indigenous culture and tribal communities. That That is back to basics for the most part. And I agree. I think there, there, we are still deep in the toxic masculine, if you will. Um, but I think that everyone's got an very emotional and that's why that's why I was asking about the feminine I feel like there's an imbalance there as well I don't think it's just the toxic masculine I think that there's an imbalance in the feminine too like the toxic feminine if you will because everyone is just in this heightened sense of emotion they're not no one's there is no logic so that feels like the masculine is missing and it it feels the the clarity the the purpose the fire energy the passion the the joy even feels like it's it's missing. If everything feels a bit dull, to be fair, and I feel like that's that feminine imbalance. But I'd really like for us to talk about Sacred Sons now and the work that you're doing. I feel like now's a really good time for us to explain more about that. You've referenced some of the things that happened there, but can you share with our audience what that is? What is Sacred Sons? What are you doing? What is um is it EMX? Am I getting that right? Your event that's coming up as well? Yeah, so um, part of me wants to have a joke and say what happens in Sacred Suns stays in Sacred Suns. (laughs) But then at the same time, that would be completely contradictory because we are not of that energy. We are of the energy of let's put it out there. Let's just share everything we get up to within reason and within confidentiality, of course, we have some very very strong pillars of of agreements and and i can go into them um and share maybe share a little bit about them not not too much but what i can share and why because i think it's really important for for humans to have boundaries and agreements internally and externally too so what is sacred sons for all of those that are watching sacred sons is and i'm i'm completely talking observational here this is without my bias and perspective it's completely looking at proof proof and facts. Sacred Sons is the largest growing, most impactful brotherhood in the world, hands down. It is in more countries than more countries openly and accessibly than any other men's group in the world. And this isn't to say that it's better than. I'm, I'm not of that energy. Sacred Sons is not of that energy. We are collaborative. We bring leaders from all different walks of life into this brotherhood, into this family. But what we've really recognized is with the power of social media, and this is where I find we have an upper edge on other men's groups, is 
we utilize that to the most benefit possible. The following Sacred Sons has is huge. You know, it's approaching 200K followers. Um, the podcast is just absolutely blowing up with the quality and um, caliber of leaders that are, that are showing up on that podcast with Brother Adam. And the men that are coming into the space as emerging leaders, even just as, as, as brothers coming to experience an experience, the caliber is just next level. And that shows that this is the movement that is shaking up the world of men's work. It's providing so many different connections on so many different levels all across the world. And being here as a, as a flag bearer, as a, as kind of like a beacon for, for men's work through Sacred Sons in, in the Southern Hemisphere um, is just an absolute honor and privilege. And, you know, I put my neck on the line and went over there and spent almost my whole life savings to show the men where my heart was at, show the leaders, you know, Adam, Kale, Neil, J-Mac, um, you know, to show all those brothers where my heart is. And, and they saw it. They felt it. They felt my heart and what I'm here to do. And, and I'm just so blessed that they chose me to bring this work here because it's not been easy. It's never meant to be easy. There's a lot of, um, I guess, stigma to work against or, or work with, should I say, here in Australia as to like how this work is received by the community, what it looks like coming from a group of, I guess, outsiders, you know, Americans, um, you know, other different cultures from the Northern Hemisphere. So it's, it's kind of been been pretty, pretty tough, but also exciting to almost like break that mold and, and really show a lot of guys here how potent this, um, this work is. And Sacred Sons delivers like somewhat of a primal experience, I guess. So we, we do a lot of, um, a lot of work in the space of that kind of primal warrior energy where there's, there's confrontation and there's, there's discomfort, but there's also a lot of play and a lot of joy. Um, but we really, we really relish in that witness of the processing of, of what a man is, is struggling with or what a man is moving towards. And the power is in the witness, really. And that's, that's what's really changing the way is, um, being a witness to a brother going through something, allowing him to witness you going through something. And then those that aren't directly involved being a witness as well as a large group of men. And then you have the social media witnesses as well of witnessing other men going through things on a wider scale. So like that's where the real power is, is in the witness um, amongst brotherhood. So I like to really promote the idea of whether or not you're man, man or woman um, is you are almost a product of those you spend the most time with. So if you spend your time with low vibration humans, and I'm not saying bad or good, but just lower vibration, you know, those that are comfortable just dragging their feet along in life. If you're spending most of your time with those kind of people, that's going to rub off and you're generally going to behave at that type of frequency. So if you're surrounding yourself with high caliber humans who are here to be of impact, be of service, um, to love unequivocally, openly, wholeheartedly, to celebrate life, also challenge life, to be brave and courageous enough to go inwards into all that messy, like into the mud and, and do that in front of others in a space of, of non-judgment, in a space of trust and, and accountability. If you hang around with those people, I guarantee you your life will change and it will change as rapidly as you're able to allow it.
that surrender piece, right? Often there's an element of surrender because your external environment might be trying to keep you small, keep you really kind of like stuck in your old stuff, your old patterns. But then if you start to surround yourself with higher caliber humans, that story then gets challenged. So you're called forward into a higher level of existence and a higher level of service for self and others. And that's what we do at Sacred Sons, you know, and and what we've got coming to Australia, both in Perth and New South Wales, is is EMX, which is, it's pretty much, um, it's kind of like the second level of experience, but it's almost like the flagship level, which gives you a really, really good, deep, embodied test of what type of men's work we deliver. So there's elements of, like I said, confrontation, there's elements of ceremony. So that's the sacred part of it. So it's like working with the directions um, working with the land, working with energy as a whole, like as spirit comes through and kind of almost guides the journey sometimes on on how it's meant to go for an individual and for the group. Um, and then celebration too. So there's like dance, there's song, there's play, there's lots of time to just relax and decompress from maybe the experience that happened a couple of hours prior, um, celebrating through amazing high quality food and and just being there to celebrate brotherhood and and yeah as as a sort of overview that's kind of what happens on these weekends without going through into too much detail because also what there's there's a challenge in i think kind of like advertising this work of not going too much so that guys come in and they kind of already know what's going to happen so their mind is kind of like pre-programming this journey and then you're sort of like oh well this didn't happen so oh did i really get what i paid for or you know, did I really get what my mind is telling me I'm meant to get? It's like, no, 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 we want to keep you here. We want to keep you in the heart. So we'll show you what you need to see. And we will tell you what you need to hear to be somewhat prepared. But also, as soon as you come through that door, it's like, just open your heart and allow everything to happen organically. Because we're not selling cars, jewelry, clothes, you know, CDs. We're dealing with humans and we are so organic. It's not funny. So like you could come into an experience feeling absolutely on top of the world and then something happens throughout that three or four day experience and you never even expected it to happen, but you're now feeling like pretty heavy because you're processing something. So that's the fluctuation of energy that can happen. And we really relish the leaders and the facilitators in that space on how to support those types of fluctuations in energy because you know once you open up the portal of brotherhood and you have the courage to go deep within the agreements that we make you have no idea what may come up for you or another brother but the key is to support one another open-heartedly and wholeheartedly and and just to be there side by side and and to support one another and celebrate one another with whatever comes up because you know the work that you do in this world you know, there's some pretty tough things that have happened to people that have been dormant in their in their psyche for a long time. And all it takes is a trigger for that to come back up. And it could feel like you, you've gone to hell and back. But I'm knowing sure. that you're supported by such beautiful people in that same space, that's that's the key to the um to the transformation that happens on these weekends. I love that so much. I I, I had goosebumps when you were talking about all of that. The the organic nature, I, I think whenever a collective comes together, if there's no allowing for spirit to come in and do what it needs to, because each group would be completely different, wouldn't it? So 
you know, that the, whoever was meant to be there is meant to be there and whatever is meant to come up and you just have to trust that's maybe sometimes those sessions are going to be heavier than others. But it, it is it is always perfect because that's obviously what was needed at the time for the people involved. And uh, uh, the image that I was getting and, and what I've seen of Sacred Sons too is that camaraderie is also something that men are longing for. I feel like men have connected in ways for survival rather than in a place of trust and truth and they haven't really seen each other because there's been there's so many masks that have been placed and and um, masks that we've been asked to wear as well, obviously. But I, I feel like it's a it's a place where they're really seen, and that that feels really exciting. It's a, it's a, it's joyful for me as a female to watch that, and you can tell that that happens if you're paying attention and you're intuitive. You can tell that's what happens, and it, just in the Im- imagery, you can feel the energy that comes off what is being experienced there, which is another reason why I was so excited to talk to you, and I feel so grateful and. Um, I have so much respect for the fact that you are, you know, and I'm going to say this again and, you know, do with it what you will, but the fact that you are leading, you know, that that kind of movement more in your face and making it more of a accepted universal thing to do um, in Australia, I just think it's it's just it is truly outstanding. I, I feel so much respect. I, I, I can't even explain but it is, like I said, you can t- you can feel that energy, and I- I'm excited that um, men are having the opportunity to step in in that way. And and I would think that men in Australia would probably find that a little bit more challenging than the people in the northern hemisphere. In you know, when you think about America, if you haven't seen a, a psychiatrist or a counselor or had any kind of healing at all, m- more times than not that they would think something is wrong with you, that you've gone your whole life and you've never spoken to somebody. Whereas in Australia, I feel like only in the last five to 10 years, it's started to have some, we're starting to be a bit okay with people acknowledging openly that they go and talk to somebody about some of their issues. And so I'm wondering, compared to your experience in America and obviously what how you saw men come together there, do you find there's some extra barriers here because of our culture and she'll be right and, you know, the bravado that goes on with some of the Aussie behaviour, if you will, um, do you find that there's some extra challenges in getting men to surrender initially? Oh, definitely. hundred percent. Like, um, you know, I've been in the space of men's work now for close to four years and like, I've, I've got the benefit at the moment of having such a solid group of brothers behind, not behind me because that, you know, in my sense, you know, shows maybe inferiority or, or yeah. Anyway, so with me side by side, I'm, I'm so blessed to have these men in my life and sisters, you know, I've got amazing sisters, amazing women in my life that fully support and challenge me too. But the brotherhood that I've I've created in my life and helped others create is is like it's quite rare here in Australia. You know, for us to do some of the things that we do out in public. I run men's circles down at the beach so people can see what we do in public. And we get some strange looks, you know, when there's a, a whole bunch of men, say 20, 30 men, like all hugging together or 
It might be a circle of men and one guy's being lifted in the air, celebrated because he's just gone through a huge emotional process. That kind of stuff is still like probably looked at as a bit bit strange and a bit taboo, but it's also becoming more and more acceptable. Um, and I feel through social media. But what I find we the big differences here in Australia is a it's a newer country, so like it's still miles behind in terms of deep integrated community um elements we've never been through a civil war so we've never really had to band together as a community one side or the other to to maybe fight for our life you know we've been gifted and and given so much in this beautiful land and taken so much i'm not gonna not gonna not acknowledge that but that's that's a topic for another discussion i feel i just wanted to mention that um because not everything in this country was given a lot of it was taken and I feel we're, I don't want to go too political, but I feel, I just want to put it out there. I feel we're almost like Australia being such a new country that's, that stemmed from Britain with very strong American influence, um, Western influence. I feel we've kind of, as a country, been a bit of a guinea pig, like a big, big social experiment for quote unquote the agenda to see how they can really like affect a whole country. And I just feel like community has been a huge missing piece in Australia, both with men and women, because it's almost like it wasn't founded upon community. It was founded upon, you know, like force and, and people came here to take. So I just feel we've still got so much of that ingrained in the culture here. But it is shifting. It's it's definitely shifting. Like here in Perth, for example, like uh, men's work and, and personal spiritual development is is absolutely like at a point where it's just going to shoot through the roof and it's it's almost at that little bit of the curve where it's about ready to just shoot and it's going to go through and i feel this year is a huge year for that both in men's and women's work and, and community work as a whole but i feel we've got a lot to work against from i think the the thing i'm trying to get to is like almost a competitive nature and i feel australia as a nation through mainly sporting activities and because we are such a huge sporting nation we've taken on that that grander energy of being so competitive that we've forgotten how to work together you can even see it like states against states in footy and rugby and all that kind of stuff and then it's like you know i'm, I'm actually born in the uk so i spent the first 12 years of my life in england and i got to see like a lot of um community and stuff over there even with sporting so like a lot of sporting teams would be able to go and watch a match you know they boo each other but then they could have a pub in the uh, a pint in the pub later on i obviously didn't do that 12 years old but you know the adults and stuff could still work together even in that sporting competitive nature i don't see that as much here so it just shows that i feel the competitive nature is it's more alive and more ingrained in people and once again, we stem back to the environmental piece. So like if your environment that's surrounding you is really competitive, even if it's just with sports or something that's so big in this country, that's going to then ingrain upon you and become part of your psyche. So you're then going to go out and be more competitive in the work industry, in the social environments, even in just your relationships with others. Like Look at how common it is, you know, Australia is a big alcohol consuming nation. I, I don't drink anymore. I have in the past. Um, and I used to do a lot of it as a young man because I was lost and confused. But more into this journey, I've I've really let go of that as a as a coping mechanism. 
and I find in, in that space, because we're such a big drinking nation, it's like, oh, who can drink the most beers? Who can who can get the most drunk and, and be the most silly and, and, you know, irresponsible and things like that? So, like, you know, I can't pinpoint one thing, but if I had to choose one type of energy or part of what's going on in community here, it's the competitive nature of I'm better than you because ABC. I'm going to get more than you because of ABC. So that's what I feel is very different, but not to say that that doesn't exist elsewhere in the world. But I think from my experiences, when I went to the States for those couple of months, um, it was far more collaborative straight from the get-go as soon as I got off the plane. And it was probably that way because I was going into an existing community that was built upon collaboration. Or it could have been that like I was the token Aussie guy that was, you know, flying over halfway across the world to be with a bunch of Americans and Canadians and, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, I still think they've been in collaborative energy for a bit longer than us. But we're getting there through this type of work. And and I'm really excited to be a part of that. Collaboration is one of my highest values. It's one of my top three values. And I will always choose collaboration over competition. But I will more often choose competition with myself over collaboration with myself, you know, because if I'm competing against myself to be better, to be sharper, to be more loving, more caring, more, more productive, more successful, then that's great. But if I'm doing that to you, it's probably not going to help both of us. You know, maybe from time to time, it might help um, to keep me sharp, but most often it's more helpful to work together in that collaborative energy. It makes sense that, that would be the resistance with men here. It feels like it when you, you I agree in Australia, Australia feels quite immature compared to the UK and the US. It doesn't feel you're right. It doesn't feel as developed and it, and it makes sense because we are a newer country, but I, I'm, I'm excited to see that change. And um, I'm excited to see our progression as a community in Australia to, to build that, on a much stronger foundation, and I think, I think there are a, a chunk of people there. In I mean, Adelaide, it feels very far and few between. I feel like I'm 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 attached to and holding on to the only other people that are in that space. It feels really isolating, I have to say. But when when I think about the country as a whole, I feel like there is a, a momentum. I think a lot of people are scared to speak out and stand in their truth because it is isolating and it. It's rare, and so there is a, a comfortability in in how to be that way. I, I don't care now. I've just fully put myself out there, and I've you know I've used this podcast to talk about the things that I'm interested in and talk to the people I'm interested in as well. But I feel like there's um people are still hiding in their comfort zone, and so I'm looking forward to seeing um the work that you're doing really start to build some momentum, and then. You know, I, I look forward to seeing that happen in Perth and then consecutively in the other states as well, especially here. That would be good. Um, I, I mean, I've loved everything about this conversation, but I, I would like to just maybe ask you another one. What do you love most about being a heart-led change maker? There's so, there's so much to it, honestly. Like I could choose a, a myriad of, of different sort of uh, highlights that that. that what this journey provides me. Um, and I think the biggest, deepest reward for this work is truth. And and I don't mean like truth up in here. It's the truth in here. And something special happens in our body when we just know. There's, there's no, the mind is trying to go, oh, what's going on here? Like, 
what is happening. But when, when your body becomes overrun with like love and joy from the heart space, it's not like this, oh, that's weird. And I don't know about this. It's like that deep knowing of like what I just did or what I'm about to do or what I'm currently doing is just so true to my heart that nothing else matters. And that's probably the biggest benefit of doing this work because ultimately, and I know that this might sound a bit, you know, macabre or whatever, but if I died tomorrow, I know that people at my funeral would be speaking so highly of me that I fulfilled my mission. And that was to leave a legacy on people's lives that by operating at this frequency and and walking this path, it is so beautiful. And there is no fear. Like there's obviously like, tiny little ripples of fear, like little strings that are attached to old programming, but like deep, deep, deep inside of me, there's no fear that this work is is not worth it in every way, shape or form. Um, Yes, it has its own challenges, you know, in the, in the mainstream world we live in, you know, I don't want to really go into those, but like, I know in my heart and my soul that this work has to be done. And I'm so blessed to be a vessel for this work. Yes, it's tough at times. Yes, it can be really hard or really grind, you know, to to sometimes tap into people's hearts, get get them out of their mind and get them back in their heart. But it is so rewarding and so beautiful when something as simple as like you get a random message out of nowhere and they're like, I am so inspired by you. Like you have given me so much inspiration to to follow my own heart. Not to do what you're doing and do everything that you're doing because, oh, you're so great and now you're a messiah in my eyes. Like, no, no, thank you. But for my actions to inspire another one to come into their own heart, like you can't put a money amount of money on that. You can't bottle that up and sell it. Like that to me is what humans should be, is a pure inspiration to everyone around them because they're operating with love. And then the more we can do that, the more beautiful the world becomes, the more abundant life is. You know, the less trauma we're carrying, the less trauma we're then perpetrating upon others. And ultimately, like, we end up in that utopian living that I feel we're all here to live in. And some might argue against that, you know, and, and that's cool. That's their their choice. But I feel we as a civilization are here to experience so much love and joy that, like, that's the imprint that we leave on the universe for however long this civilization exists for. And um that's why I keep doing this work, even when it's tough. That's why I get out of bed every morning. That's why I stick to my practices. That's why I'm disciplined. That's why I'm vocal. I'm a, I have no qualms at all being challenged. You know, anyone who wants to challenge anything I've said or even just get another perspective or offer yours, I'm always open to it. What I'm not open to is people demanding I believe in their belief system. I'll never do that no matter who you are. I'll die before I spend a day on my knees, you know. I would rather spend a day on my own two feet than a lifetime on my knees because that to me is just not the way we're meant to be here on this earth. And um, yeah, I'll never stop. Like I won't stop spreading this message. I won't stop sharing my heart with everyone who's open to receiving it. And the beautiful thing is there's, there's so many people that open their heart to me too. I need support. I go through things in life. I'm a human. I get upset. I cry. I struggle. I do everything any other human does. I have weaknesses where I eat too much chocolate or, you know, (laughs) smash a whole tub of ice cream when I know I shouldn't because it's full of crap. But, you know, I'm here on a human experience and I like to enjoy the whole, the whole aspect of it. And 
yeah, I love to surround myself with good people. Things like this light me up, having deep, open, heartfelt conversations and talking about so many different topics. If if I could, you know, make a living just appearing on podcasts, I would, um, because it's one of my most favorite things is open, unbiased discussions. And yeah, I, I just love all aspects of this life that I've created and, and I've been blessed with. So if there's anyone out there sort of like, thinking, oh, I, I like this energy, you know, I like this sort of way this guy is, you know, looking at life. It's like all you need to do is take a step back and just question what's in front of you. And is that is that truly the best situation I can be in in order to live the most fulfilling and loving life? And if that answer is no or I'm not sure, then I just invite you to explore what's around the corner, what's through the door, what's on the other side of the fence, you know, because that's where you find the truth is when you start to look elsewhere. Because sometimes it's not right in front of you. Sometimes you do need, do need to take a little detour away from your current situation and, and go find it because it's out there. And there's beautiful people like us, you know, yourself, like me, like all the other amazing people in the community that can kind of like, you know, wave over here, like come and have a look what's over here. It might be for you, it might not, but, you know, come and see what we have to offer. And um, that's what I love as well. So many amazing offerings out there. So, yeah, it's, it's it's a blessed life to be in. <laughs> you, you are a divine human being. I have to say that there are times where I follow my instincts and I think, God, oh, God, I'm good. But this this one just like take my ego is like, God, you are so on point. I, I knew from instantly when I heard you speaking that we were going to have an epic conversation today and and we could go on for hours because I've got heaps more questions. So <laughs> maybe I'll have you back on the show again if you're open to that. But yeah. I, I have I've loved everything about what you've said today. And there are there are so many things in each answer that I think it's going to take multiple listens for the, for people to digest our conversation today. And um, even for me, I'm gonna end up listening to this a few times because there's just there's just so many components that are true and resonating and just just everything is from the heart and and it shows. And um, I again so grateful that you've taken the time to be on the show today. And so our audience, I will share your links and your website. But how can they best? connect with you um just just before i go into that, i just wanted to share a really quick piece on like maybe like where this energy is coming from and a lot of it is not it's not here it's not even here it's coming from something greater than me and i find when we can deliver messages that are greater than us there's nothing but truth in there because it's not forced it's just coming from a greater ordinance it's coming from the energy that governs life and, and there's so much truth in that. So, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. I'm not ticking along, formulating what I'm going to say next. It just comes through and it's like, boom. That's, of course that's not. Is, so. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're channeling the same as me. That's, that's yeah. you know, I haven't even really looked at any of the questions I prepared. We just sort of went with it and and it just was magical. So thank you. So how can our audience connect with you? They, I'm sure they're going to be busting too. Yeah, yeah, look, um. I like to to work with the ethos of like my door's always open, you know, within reason. I'm not going to take a call at like 12 p.m. at night when I'm sleeping, recharging the battery. But like if you if there's something you want to like reach out to me directly, like drop me a line on my Instagram. 
iron built 87 that's my direct line like i don't have a va that's running that it's it's just me um maybe one day i'll need one but you know if there's something pressing or something really interesting that you want to talk about drop me a line there and i'll do my best to get back to you within a timely manner um also through sacred suns jump on the website check out all of our amazing offerings um there'll be a link in the podcast with my direct uh link there so you can go through through that page it's kind of like a bit of a referral system type thing that we have with the brotherhood um and there's amazing opportunities on there amazing all over the world um also i run a yearly men's empowerment festival here in perth um it's always the first weekend in june and that's called brotherhood awakening so i've got the uh, t-shirt on here <laughs> Um, so you can jump on brotherhoodawakening.com and that's a beautiful collaborative festival with all of the top leaders in Western Australia coming together to share their work. Yeah, so those three avenues, uh, Instagram, yeah, ironbuilt87, uh, sacredsons.com and brotherhoodawakening.com. And like I said, the uh, the door's always open and, and my promise is if I personally can't help you as an individual. I promise you I'll connect with whoever I need to in my community to make sure that I can then refer you to someone who can help you because this community we've built is amazing. There's help for everyone, man, woman, you know, child, adult. Um, we've got so many connections that we can definitely point you in the right direction. Well, I love that so much. Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um I've just have completely lost for words, which is not like me at all. Um, so grateful. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your invitation. And I know that this won't be the last time we're on this on this uh, channel together. And um, <laughs> to the viewers out there, just remember how special you are. Don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise, because you are the most important asset to yourself and always treat yourself with love first and foremost. So Big love to you all. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, stay safe and be blessed.